Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. I'm all ready for today's show, and I'm excited to do this one, Kelly. Oh, good. So I need the name of a female client. I'm going to go with Merida. Did you make that up? No, I think it's a Disney princess. I think she's the Scottish... Uh, redhead with the arrow. I, I can't remember. Oh, do I ever like that? Yeah. It's Merida. Is there a short form for Merida? Or do you can I call her Mare if you want? Mare? I just, I didn't want people to be like, oh, I'm going to peg off the Grey's Anatomy part of the bingo sheet. Uh, I was, right. I'm trying to be more diverse. <laughs> okay. So Mare and I can see each other over technology. And she asks the question, um, what is blocking me? And she says, Karen, you have the whole half hour appointment. I'd like to know what is blocking me, whatever the spirit guides want to tell me, anybody who's crossed over that wants to come through to help in my family that's died through medium. She says, I just, I just want an answer. And I said, I'm going to pause for a little while and I'll connect with the spirit world, see what they have to offer, and I'll, I'll share things as I get it coming in through the whole half hour, as opposed to dumping it all at the very beginning. So can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Do the guides organize you to say like, okay, Karen, we're going to do three things here. We've got a medical block. We've got an emotional block. We've got a physical thing going on. Sometimes. Or do they just like, here's the first thing. Let's go. Yes, both. Okay. 
So, and you know what, Kelly, like I don't even understand sometimes why it's one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I'm not certain. And I know when I didn't have a splint on my finger and I was doodling that sometimes I could doodle them really fast on the page. And I know that at other times, well, since I've had the splint on, that I can't doodle anymore because right. it's my thumb. And I've had to ask the guides to go slower mm. and not d- like download them quickly because I had, don't have any memory. I can't hold it. Neat. I can't. So I know that I've had to ask the guides to help me. Um, as t- as things have changed with the with my problem with my hand for the last 10, 11 weeks. Mm-hmm. So her spirit guides came in and said uh, the very the very first thing that they said to me was talk to her about the fact that she runs around asking other people how they use their gifts. So she she asks others. And I said, well, what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Like, explain more. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say that why that's a block. I can. Well, I'll go. And then if I can, I'll add. Well, I know for myself, this can go in a really dark direction, but let's see what happens. I know for myself, if I was to ask certain people that I came across in my lifetime, especially at different ages, I probably could have easily bought into the belief that I was supposed to do house clearings of energies that um, people, humans, felt ignorantly disturbed by. And I could have bought into the belief that there were evil spirits um, because some people truly believe they're using their gifts that way. I know at a different point, I would have thought that I should have physically beaten myself up and bled myself dry of all of my energy, trying to energy heal others, thinking that I had to take on their stuff. There are so many people in this profession running around, as you've said, um, using their gifts in really um, inauthentic ways, really forced ways. And I think also, you know, something that we've really hammered home with our patrons who are developing their intuitive gifts on our platform, you know, we give them a, a list of the five and six senses to use and, and to explore in their journeys. If I ran around asking other people how they're using their gifts, I may value one over another that I'm really strong at that they might not be. <laughs> Did I summarize the show in 30 seconds? Pretty much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you killed it. Thanks. And and you said it really qu- like there's more. But I believe you, you. You said, you said quite a few things that go into some of the other points that they said on the page. So okay, we can. So maybe that just primes listeners to be able to yeah. piece things together as you tell Mare's story. Yeah. So some of them are not walking the talk, mm-hmm. which is what you have said. Um, some of them are under false beliefs, and so she's trying to do something that isn't authentic. Mm-hmm. That's that's a block right there. And I don't think people would sit there and go, "That's a block." Well, yeah. Then let's let's talk about that. I think you know, in this case, correct me if I'm wrong. A block could be that if I ran around asking people about how they use their gifts, I may have believed that I had to sit down and study tarot cards for four years before I opened a practice. Yeah. Or that I needed to study all of the gemstones, the names, and the properties, and use them in a session forever and ever. I may have still been using a little um, pendulum pendulum to answer my yes and no questions without developing more intuitive gifts and relied on straight yes, no questions that 
don't really get me as far as I can go talking directly to the guides. I may have been stuck in a tangible world of, of items instead of actually just in, in the beginning, closing my eyes and getting the, the messages. And now sitting wide open, staring at a blank wall, being able to talk as I'm getting the message. Right. And, and you know, when you're giving that list, Kelly, I think of the people who say, um, if I can't be there in person, you can't read my energy. Right. And we have to say, well, that's a lie. And maybe it's true for another person. And that's the thing is that if they've, and I don't mean this rudely, if they've only opened up their gifts to that extent, then it's true for them. And that's what they need to access what they're accessing, assuming they're doing it respectfully. Mm-hmm. But when you've developed gifts to a different level or on a, on a, on a different level, um, tangible things aren't necessary. I don't spend an ounce on, on any physical thing to hold mm-hmm. or touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was her first, her first response from the spirit guides was that she's going to the wrong people for the wrong information and that they are inauthentic. And that she has no idea because she just assumes that if they say they're intuitive, that they are. Or that their way of doing it with their gifts is the only way that she can access her own instead of getting to know herself. Yep. Which I thought was such a beautiful thing to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like you said, it's not to be judgmental of other people is to say, I need to know me. Yeah, and I think it's also something equally of importance that as you're figuring out where your strengths are and developing those gifts, you end up challenging your own subconscious assumptions. Mm-hmm. And and that's a good thing. We need to do that culturally. We need to do that racially. We need to do that um, faith-wise. Well, that comes into the second one is faith. It's so good that you let me skip ahead or I wouldn't be a part of this podcast. (laughs) I would never talk. (laughs) So thank you for the opportunity, ma'am. I think it works so fantastic for (laughs) people. I do. I just think it's, it's, it's awesome because it's two professionals discussing the same topic where so many of our gifts are so similar and yet we're two separate people. So they're obviously also different. Hmm. And they get to hear, I don't know, I just think it's awesome. Okay, so this faith one, Kelly, goes into the fact that she's raised in a particular faith. And I'm not going to pick one. I I, I don't want to go down the road of saying it's any particular faith, because I want everybody to be able to listen to this and say, um, or pardon me, and not say, oh, I'm I'm not of that faith, so mine's better. I just want people to hear it and be able to be in their own space to go, do I do that as well? Do I hold what a church or um, a group or, I don't know, whatever these different faiths call themselves? I'm also going to refer to some of them as cults, um, because some people are in cults, and mm-hmm. they call them their faiths. Not everybody, but that that's true too. Um, do I hold what they tell me to believe as the truth without questioning it, as the truth without using logic, without discovering it on my own, without thinking for myself. And that's the key. 
Because if you're going to be connected to the spirit world, then you have to know how to think for yourself and you have to know how to question things. And know that you're allowed to. I think that's a whole other component uh, of developing gifts because at no point in my day of channeling do I sit there and go, I just do exactly what the guides tell me. I do a lot of what the guides tell me because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'll say in the heart center, it makes sense in logic. Uh, it makes sense in terms of respect. But the second I don't understand something or something doesn't add up, I turn around and I ask a question and I expect an answer. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in different cult faiths don't believe or of or are of the belief that they're not allowed to ask questions. That's correct. And they also don't believe that they're allowed to stand up and disagree. Yeah. Or that they're allowed to not only disagree, but be able to venture out and figure it out and research other options on their own that sit with them mm-hmm. in their morals. So she gets told that. And I remember looking at Marin saying, we're going to do a check-in. Well, yeah, because what you have what you have said in this process, or if you've even related at this point, is an entire conversation, in fact, about maturity. Yes, and individuating Mm -hmm. from cult slash religions, parents. Authority. Anything, school systems, the whole thing. So part of what we do here is check in, and the questions that you and I ask are, is this answering your question? Is this meeting your needs? Have I crossed your boundaries in this? And may I continue Uh, your session and doing what you've asked me to do? So those four questions get asked, and then I asked her another question, is this all accurate? And she said, yes. And I said, so it's accurate that the guides are saying that you haven't learned an individuation process yet in order to be able to separate yourself from all of these different things that you've experienced in your life to actually create a healthy process for yourself. Mm -hmm. The guides are trying to point out to you that without individuating, you're going to have several blocks because of all of the different things that all of these different groups, I don't want to call your her parents a group, but... Authorities. That's what you. individuation is. Thanks. It's individuating from authority. Right. All these different authorities, she hasn't gone through the process yet of challenging what they've told her to believe as, a, as a, an adult. Mm-hmm. And so she just kind of sat there and she went, that's pathetic. Okay. Good enough, Mayor. Yeah. And I said, well, at first, Kelly, you ought to tell you the truth. At the very beginning when she said, that's pathetic, I thought she meant that I was saying this. And I said, could you clarify what's pathetic? Yeah. And would she answer my life? Well, she basically came back and she said, the fact that I haven't individuated Mm-hmm. Like, because she's not like in her twenties, she's older. Like she, I'd say she's, you know, maybe mid forties. Mm-hmm. And she's like, like I'm in the middle of my life. And this is the first time an adult has told me that I haven't individuated from authority figures. She goes like, I feel a little full of shame here. That That's fair. And you know, my response or my reaction is... I want to explain it in that she's having an appropriate response to the information. Someone in their mid-40s who hears all of this and thinks, oh, okay, 
and thinks I, I must be doing just fine or thinks yeah. like, well, you know, I'm sure no one is further along than me and tries to justify it. Like yeah. those are inappropriate, right? Yeah. So she's having a proportionate response oh, emotionally. Yeah. And I think that's great. And showed up with enough humility to admit to another human being. Pathetic. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. Like we sat there together and had a little giggle after that. Because she's, she's also, with that response, cracked a door for herself. You to go, got it. Yeah, I want something different. Absolutely. And she, because she has this desire to actually connect to the spirit world and figure out what this connection means, she's willing to sit there and do exactly what you just said. Cool. And so the very next one is that she doesn't stick with something long enough to see any process or any success in it. Nothing. She flits from one thing to the next, just in a constant, I don't know, Kelly, I think it's like a state of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when and she says to me, well, that's true, but why do I do that? And I said, well... Do I ruin this part too? No, you go right ahead. You handle it like a boss. <laughs> so why do I do that was her question? No, pardon me. You handle that like a life coach. Well, I'll take both titles. Thank yeah. you. Um, so her question is, why do I do this? So if you haven't individuated, what you are constantly seeking is approval. And you can call it success, but really at the bottom of it, it's approval of others, which is why she's running from person to person in her field, quote unquote, because I wouldn't even consider them in our field, um, looking to see, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? And that is going to create a constant state of anxiety. So if you don't see immediate success, it means I'm not getting immediate approval. I need to try something else. Before you ever actually can appreciate a process, trial and error, to even see if you like what you're doing. Bingo. So she gets told that she needs to stay with one person or one group that is organized and that has a process for her and accountability in it and community. And she goes, I don't, I don't even know what that means. And I said, that's, that's, right. that's exactly right. You don't. And I said, you need to be told and to give, have structure given to you. And she goes, could you give me an example of that? And I said, yes. I said, I will give you the example of our platform on Patreon where you actually get journeys and you get the tools, the music that goes with it, a discussion from Kelly and I in, um, that you can download at your leisure and keep re-listening to, where you get um, information about that particular journey and what you were supposed to experience in it, where you could get blocked in it, how to unblock yourself. And she goes, What? Well, what you're describing is a breaking down of process. That's and, right. And I want to kind of illustrate it in a different way. Sure. If just in terms of, you know, listeners, if they're like, I, I still don't get it. If you took your car to a mechanic and said, it's not running. And they said, okay, I can help you out with that. And you drove it into their their little shop and they walked out with their toolkit, wheeled under for two minutes and came out to ask you a question to gather more information. And you went, well, my car's not fixed. This isn't working. I'm taking it somewhere else. That's what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm illustrating it in the sense that you can probably understand that I just cut a professional off in their process that they know works, but I've assumed that it's just not working because we're only at stage one. Mm -hmm. That's what she's doing for herself. That's right. 
So she, so as you've said, she needs the people that have created those processes, mm-hmm. and then she needs to stick with those people for a long period of time, not a few weeks, not a few months, not a few journeys. She needs to stick with them for years. So I'm going to illustrate this in different language. Sure. You're saying stick with, I'm saying be held accountable. And I know yeah. you're saying the same thing. I'm just mm-hmm. going to translate it for people because if you're not sticking with something, then you're not being held accountable to actually implementing or or creating action yeah. or working through something. It's the same as reading a book but not working a book. If you're going to shop all over the self-development section of Chapters or Indigo, but you're not actually going to do the exercises in the books, then really... You're just kind of wasting your time here. It's all concept. It's all theory. I did that. I, I, I can remember doing that, going into those, those bookstores in the self-help section for a good decade, reading book after book, but not, not actually applying them, and wondering why my life had not changed. Right. So it in didn't your change terms, at all. In your terms, you didn't stick with anything. That's right. And in, in similar terms, there's no accountability. That's correct. And that changed, but... I do understand both sides of that story now. Oh, as do I. Mm-hmm. I'm just illustrating it for people because if they feel like they're sitting in Merida's situation or position, they may be going, oh, fuck. Okay, so what do you do? Yeah. So right on the heels of that, the spirit guide said she's too lazy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I said it just plain, simple. I said, you're too lazy to do it. And she goes, yeah. And I said, so while you want to be intuitive, while you want these things, you don't perhaps want them enough to actually work hard enough to do it. You want to be like the people who talk the talk, but you don't actually want to do the work to be able to be the person who's doing it on a daily basis. And so if you actually knew how much work went into it or how much dedication, or as you said, Kelly, the work ethic, the holding yourself accountable, I said, you haven't really decided in life that you're holding yourself accountable to anything. Which, you know, this is where I lose my patience in the sense that this is total entitlement. This yep. is the, I should just deserve to have the success in whatever field it is that I want to have. I should just be able to be rich and famous. I should be able to do an audition and walk in and be a famous actor and, and go from zero to a hundred and not put any work in. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And, and entitlement happens when you don't have the first part that we were talking about, maturity, having individuated. Yes. So she's got... She's got quite a, quite a few tasks ahead of her in her mid-40s if she's actually going to make the decision that this is something that she wants as opposed to something that she just likes to want. Mm-hmm. And I said, so you just like to want things and you wait for other people to give them to you. And she went, well, that would be spot on. Good job, Mayor. Yeah. And I said, so Mayor, I said, this is where you don't actually engage in life. You're more the observer. You're more, I'm laid back. Nothing bothers me. But you have that attitude because you actually don't want to get in and do any of the work. And I said, that, that goes for your job. That goes for your partnership. And she went, oh, 
Just yeah. just this massive groan. Well, that's a whole other area for a whole other day where I'm not happy. And I said, well, you're not happy and we won't go down that road because you don't want to yet today. But for the very same reasons that you're blocked in in where you think you want to be an intuitive, but if you actually researched and knew what intuitives did and how they worked at it, you just want to want that. You don't, you're not going to do the work to get there. And I said, and you're doing the very same thing at your job and you're doing the very same thing with your partner. I think what you did, um, well, A, was part of your job, so congratulations, but also <laughs> like a way to save her, you know, $130 on each topic that she may have come back for in the hour or, you know, the half hour to say, hey, just re-listen to this recording and replace what am I blocked with in terms of my career um, or my, my passion and replace it with my relationship. If you like the idea of being in one, but you don't want to do the work for communications, all the same rules apply. All the same problems and, and stubbornnesses apply. 100%. Such a good reply, Kelly. I, like I just, and you know what, this is where the integrity of what we're doing in, in the channeling sessions really comes in and comes to light, is that we're not going to say you need to see us once a week for the rest, you know, for the next seven years, the way a counselor might, an unhealthy counselor, I will say, um, and, and hook you in to make you think we've got so much to discover. You literally just laid it out there and said, here, here's the exact problem down to, you know, the last thing that you need to know. Now it's just about moving forward and getting the tools. And to illustrate the point that you made, those tools are also going to help her discover if what she's saying she wants is, in fact, what she even wants. Very good. The last thing the guide said to me to say to her is that she's so afraid of rejection that she doesn't make an effort for anything. And when I said, where does the fear of the rejection come from? Parents. From her childhood. When she's a child, um, when she first, you know, indicates that she wants to, she has an interest, I want to go to play soccer, I want to do something, she shows the interest, her parents undermine that interest. They might let her go and try, but then they, they undermine it because they don't want to have to be on a field for two hours, they don't want to have to drive her there, so they just make comments uh, in any way that they can, or they make other plans the very same night so that they undermine her ability to be really, truly a part of the team. So, And then, of course, she's rejected on the team because she's not there for practices. She doesn't really feel part of it to begin with, but she gets rejected from the coach. She's told to sit on the bench instead of play, right? And so she feels this rejection, not understanding really that her parents created that situation. So they don't look like the bad people. The coach does. They don't look like the bad people, the kids on the bench and the, and her teammates that don't hang around her and invite her to the parties and, you know, high five her when she finally gets onto the field, they run to the other kids. She doesn't understand that it's her parents that have created this whole pattern of rejection for her. So as an adult now, she's so terrified of all of this rejection in all aspects of her life that she's now sabotaging everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there and telling her that, like it was in the last five minutes of the session, and she said, this has just opened a can of worms. And I said, 
I think what it's done for you is indicate how much you need therapy, is indicate how much you need to do some actual work on your childhood and your past to really understand the way that you think and the way that you think motivating the way that you behave mm -hmm. and the patterns that you create now. And you're, you're in your mid-40s. What a beautiful time for you to be able to spend with an adult brain to be able to sit with a therapist and reflect back and really do some beautiful work for yourself. And because you're interested in your intuition and the spirit world, what a great motivation. Because as you do the work with the therapist, as you join a, a healthy group of people that can help your intuition grow, this could be an absolutely fruitful time of life for you. Yeah, she has an entire life ahead of her. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's, that was the half hour. That's what we got done. Well done. By listening to the spirit guides with one simple question for a half hour. What is blocking me? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Because it answered so many more questions for her. Mm -hmm. And it opened so many doors. Well, good for you. And I'm, and I'm so happy for Merida. Mm -hmm. Me too, Kelly. Yeah. And I, and I hope that, of course, as always, that listeners got an opportunity to see themselves or piece of themselves in this story, whether you are far more progressed and have worked through the things Merida is just about to get into, mm -hmm. um, or you're right there with her thinking, okay, I'm not alone. There's someone else at the beginning. I know lots of people who've left religions slash cults um, decades ago, four, five, six decades ago, and think, no, that has nothing to do with my block now. I haven't been part of that in five or six decades. And it is entirely where they're stuck because they never bother to spend this time individuating from the beliefs they left. Mm -hmm. They never did the work to undo the damage those beliefs created. Mm -hmm. And they think just because time has passed and I did nothing about it, everything disappeared and went away for me. No, it didn't. It didn't disappear because you walked away. You actually have to do the work when you walk away. It's just like when people leave one marriage and go right into another one without ever having done the work of figuring out why the past relationship didn't work. That is their responsibility, mm -hmm. not their partners, their own. Because if you don't do that work, then you carry that baggage into the next relationship and go, hey, don't you think I'm attractive? And here's my shit I didn't deal with. We're going to stuff that in the closet for six months, though. And yeah. we'll, we'll sneakily bring that up Yes, when I want to. Right, because the first six months to a year, I'm just going to love bomb the shit out of you. You're going to love bomb the shit out of me. It's all going to be awesome. And like you said, and then we'll unpack it so slowly that you don't know that I'm changing back into the person I used to be. Mm -hmm. Just letting it out again. And I we'll think, I think yeah. we may have exhausted people this morning. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm okay with it, though. And I, I'm, I can joke about it. But at the same time, I know sometimes people walk away from this totally light and feeling the heartwarming story that came out. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, okay, I got to dig my... Um, my dig into this and work hard because I found myself in that story and I've got shit to do. Right. And I think both are fantastic. And hopefully, you know, if you had a heartwarming one last week, you've got the energy for this today. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. 
Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.